Hey kids, this is Yoshi, and this episode of podcast is brought to you by Punk Apparel. Go to punk.co, that's punc.co, and enter promo code YOSHI, Y-O-S-H-I, in all caps, at the checkout for 15% off all items. Punk Apparel accepts all major currencies and offer free worldwide shipping. Go to punk.co, that's punc.co, and enter promo code YOSHI. You're listening to... Yoshi Obayashi. All right, thanks for listening to another new episode of Yoshi Den, and uh, please do me a favor, upload the, the Yoshi Den. Um, <laughs> Yoshi did an app from Apple Store. Um, God, this sounds terrible. I'm uh, I'm not even high and uh, I'm already uh, <laughs> fucking it up. I'm such a good example. Um, I'm here in San Francisco today with two of my good friends and, of course, they're um, producers and runs the great Slanted Comedy Show throughout Northern and Southern California. And we're doing a show tonight at Cobb's Comedy Club. And I'm here with Black Mike and Walter Hong. Yes. Am I saying the last name right? Hong. Yeah. Hong. Yeah. In Korean, it's Hong. I get confused with that Chinese name, uh, Wan and Wang, but the spelling is all weird. You know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Um, anyway, I'm complaining about Chinese people's name because they're not here. All right. Um, <laughs> so, guys, th- thanks for doing the show. I, uh, um, I have to say, you know, unlike other ethnic groups, you know, the, the Obviously, the black people are not even called minority when within a stand-up comedy world. There's no. so I mean, one of the, yes, the, exactly. some of the greatest stand-up comics come from that. So I can't even say you don't even want to say like Richard Pryor was the the best black comic. That'd be insulting. Yeah. It's like saying Michael Jordan was the best black athlete. Yeah, you know, comedians like Richard Pryor was the greatest comic. Period. Yeah, and I think uh, after the blacks, you know, there's Latinos and Middle Eastern, and um, I think I think we are still kind of early phase. With Asian American comedians, yeah. so I've had some issue with some comedians, but my attitude is like there's no need for that because we're still early on. We should just support each other. Yeah. Once we we're mainstream and big, then have a pity yeah. fight among the <laughs> comic. But right now, I think I should. I, I just want to support anyone. You know, I don't want to tell people what to say. And um, I, uh, it's great that you guys for eight fucking years. Yeah. During the um. um you know, great service. So, I'm here. Here. So, original idea. And by the way, I get your name confused too because there's Mike Black, and then there's Black Mike. So it's Black Mike. They call me Black. Mike. Yeah, but there's see. there's a Mike Black who I work uh, two weeks ago. You know that comic? Oh no, no, no. Is he black? No, he's white. He's I think he's white or Latino or something. But we should hook up and do it. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a comic name, uh, Yorsi. And people get confused with me, Yorsi, the black yeah, comic, yeah, yeah. and Yoshi uh, and Yorsi, so. Yeah. We gotta find your nemesis. They know. Hong Walter? <laughs> yeah. That son of a bitch. So before we talk more about your show, because I want to talk about it, what's your background, Mike? Because you never did a stand-up. You produced the show, and you did, yeah. you've been doing a fantastic job. So, so uh, how it all started was um, I, I was uh, a DJ for, uh, like, clubs and all that stuff. In 2003, me and my crew went to the Romba Room, 
uh, in Universal City Walk because yeah. we were doing like a pre-Thanksgiving event, and it so happened that there was a comedy show there. Yeah. And the headliner that night was Edwin San Juan. We didn't know our, our group didn't know that he was Filipino, so uh, me and my buddies were sitting at. The so table. even Filipinos get confused. Yeah, I got confused today. Actually, I mean. What was that yesterday? How about her? Yeah, Mike's the worst. He doesn't even know who who is Filipino or who's not Filipino. To him, yeah. everyone's Chinese. Well, I mean, yeah. To, to those pe people who are not non Asian, yeah. Philippines was occupied by Spain, so there's many Spanish speaking and yeah. Tagalogs have a mixture of Spanish words. Yeah, and there the is. names is really confusing. And what's his name? Played um, La Bamba. Um, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. 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 He's Filipino. Yeah, it's crazy. I but most like, people think it's Mexican. Yeah. yeah. I, right now, I gotta be honest with you. He is. I Mexican. thought he was Mexican up until you just said he was Filipino. It's crazy. <laughs> I was like, no, but he, and he played the most iconic Mexican yeah. uh, historical yeah. figure. And, and uh, when people told me he was Filipino, like, what? Like, yeah, I, I, I had no idea. So, yeah. so anyway, so Edwin Samuel, very funny comedian. Sure. Yeah. So, um, what happened was after we signed the contracts, um, we talked to Edwin San Juan because we wanted him to come MC our event. So um, he thought I was black. Yeah. And when I told him, I, I know was you guys black, can't yeah. see, but he's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, he thought I was black. And when I told him, I was no, nah, I'm full of Filipino. That's how I got my name was Black Mike in the industry sure. from Edwin. So um, we kept in touch, and then uh, me and my group we broke up. Uh, Edwin uh, had a show called Slant of Comedy in 2005. He asked me to help him promote the show, so. We banged it out at the Hollywood Improv, like six, seven shows straight, like in a month. And uh, during the third month of Slanted Comedy out in uh, Melrose, um, he asked me, hey, do you want to be uh, business partners together and run Slanted Comedy? And that's how I got into helping him promote and then learning the producing side from Edwin. Sure. So that's, that's how I got my role. And then when Edwin went solo... Uh, when he started his solo career, he passed on Slime and Comedy B in uh, October 2009. Then everything from there has been, you know, I mean, you have your rough points, you sure. have your smooth points, but then again, I mean, if it's your passion, you want to do it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how, how low you go or how high you get in the industry or whatever. Um, you just got to keep on pushing if that's your passion. And, you know, that's that's part of my passion, too, is, you know, making the whole world laugh and just... You know, you could go to the comedy club and forget about your stresses of the world. But then again, when you walk out, reality hits again. But I think that's just my way of like going to the comedy clubs and just saying, you know, if I have a stressful day, man, this is hour and a half worth of right. my high, you know. So, but that's how I got into producing. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to keep doing it and doing it until, you know. Yeah, I... I, I, I um... I tell people all the time, you know, because I do edgy and sometimes yeah. it's not even like language thing, but the subject matters, it's really hard to get a stage time in. Um, you, for sure, out of the Asian group, has been yeah. very supportive. Edwin, too, and Walter right here, too. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it because I, I, I realize I'm, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's be, put it mildly, I mean, I wasn't even, you know, I'm, I'm not for everyone, but uh, I, that's what that's the part I think... It's great that you don't make a decision what comedians do. I mean, that should be yeah. that should be a rule for all the comics. And I think, um, you know, it, 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 it might not be us. Uh, I hope it's uh, us. But it could be some young kid watching the show might expand their imagination. Like being yeah, a comic yeah. is an option, you know. So I think I think um, I know 
comedy business in general, people, a lot of people are struggling unless you're, you're that, you know, Gabriel Iglesias and uh, um, Russell Peters of the world. But I think yeah. you're doing a great service. And I, I think you just need to know, find a bigger name to do a guest set and maybe even have a slanted comedy show podcast and, you oh, know, yeah, you, you know be... stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got Walter on because he's a good businessman and also yeah. a yes. very great comic. So oh, thank you. Thank you. You guys are far too flattering. So, um, so how, how did you, how did you, um, well, let's talk a minute, like, how did you get in comedy, and, so you're, you're born in the States, right? Um, yeah, I was born in Los Angeles. And yeah. you're ethnically Korean. Um, yeah, I'm Korean, ethnically Korean, um, but born in the United States, so I'm basically just American, mm -hmm. pretty much. Uh, I got into comedy right out of college, and that was my first stint in comedy. I have three stints. Yeah. Uh, that was my first stint. I did it twice, and I'm like, this is not for me. You know, I don't want to... Why, 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 why did you feel that way? I didn't want to wait. Like, back then, this was like in 96, so Laugh Factory, you had to wait from 7 in the morning till 7 p.m. to get, I think it was like two and a half minutes. You had to wait 12 hours out, out in the, on the street. Which is bullshit. Yeah. Um, now, I think it's different. Now, I think they go at like 3 o'clock, mm -hmm. they yeah. sign up, and they leave. Whereas, we had to wait till, you know, 7 yeah. or 7. And then, I did it. And the, you, get, you get critiqued there. And he, the, the owner says to me, Jamie Masada, he says, uh, in two years, you're going to be a star. And I said, two years? I want to be a star now. This is ridiculous. And so I was like, forget this. I went to Comedy Store, uh, got a set, uh, got a By the way, spot. I don't trust anybody telling you you're going to be a star in two years. Yeah, that's just a, it's a real <laughs> it's a real. I mean, how many talented thing? people in Hollywood you just watched, they're doing really well, and all of a sudden they lose their career. So yeah. It's such an unpredictable thing. Exactly. So, I felt like he tells that to everybody. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, whatever. I didn't take it to heart. Yeah. And then uh, at the comedy store, I got a good spot, and then the next week I got 2 a.m. I'm like, I'm not going to wait five hours for a sure. spot at 2 a.m. So you know what? It's cool. Because I, I didn't want to be a comic. Then my second stint, I got bored and did it for about a year and a half and stopped doing it. And then this is my longest stint. It's been nine years. And I started because I got bored again. And I, mm -hmm. wanted, I was writing at the time, and I wanted to keep myself sharp. Sure. And then about two and a half years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I, I committed and said, you know what, I'm just going to be a stand-up comic and sure. actively seek getting booked. Um, and then I joined up with Mike about two years ago. Uh, but, you know, it's got, it, obviously comedy, stand-up's got its ups and downs. For sure. You know? was, your, was your parents supportive of you? They're, they're supportive in their own way, in a different way. Yeah. Like it, you know, Did you I, go to college? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what you study? Psychology. Okay. So obviously, I use all of nothing of it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest: in the eye of uh, parents, psychology is not a degree. No. Well, for my parents, it, it was fine because my dad has a master's in psychology. Okay. So it wasn't that 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 part wasn't a big deal. Um, but I think my parents are very supportive in a different way. Like I think you know, stereotypically, your white parents are like, whatever you want to do, man, we love it. It's great. We're gonna go out and support sure. you. But Asian parents aren't really like that. It's more particularly Korean parents aren't like that. Uh, so when, you know, they... they Some of my relatives that I was working circus uh -huh. or <laughs> or hosting like a strip club or something. Oh, right. I, because they got a whiff, like I did a nudist colony. I've done like half a dozen of those things uh -huh. in the last 10 years, 15 years or whatever. And um, yeah, they don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know how that goes? Like, it doesn't matter what you do. Even if you're a terrorist, if you make a lot of money, your Asian parents are happy. Yeah, it's okay. It's, if everything comes down to money. Definitely. And I, and I think with comedy, too, is like they don't, they don't have it in their countries. Mm -hmm. 
they don't have stand-up comedy in Japan. They don't have it in Korea. They don't have it in China. They have some variation of it. it yeah. It's starting in Korea, yeah. but it's not getting popular because Korea is really good with sketch comedy. That's their thing. That is, it's all sketch comedy. They don't have stand-up comedy. And so, I heard it's really good in North Korea. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I think any kind of comedy is good in North Korea. <laughs> uh, they kill you if you don't fucking do, make the dear leader laugh. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I think you have to say dear leader every other word. <laughs> um, so, but, but my parents are great. They're supportive in just different ways. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously it's not the same as like yeah. your stereotypical like Brady Bunch or Cosby Show. Sure. You know, because if Theo Huxtable said I want to be a stand-up comic, then it's like, oh, great. You yeah. know, um, we're gonna go out every show. Uh, it's not like that at all. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's how I uh, came to being a comic, and it's fun sometimes because all because we get so many girls waiting for us after the show. Oh yeah, yeah, you know um, they're usually like four foot ten, oh, four hundred yeah. pounds. And I love when they sneak into <laughs> your uh, your hotel room. Yeah, in other words, they break into your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funniest shows I did for Slanted Comedy Show was everybody killed except for me, and I, I was, <laughs> and it, and I was saying such a disturbing stuff. Yeah, and like it was so uncomfortable for everyone. They, they didn't even <laughs> look at me. So after the show, there was this fat Chinese girl running around taking pictures with everyone. And she was running around, which is funny because she's fat, but she was running <laughs> as fast as she could, taking pictures with everyone. And um, my friend David Cho was there, the big graffiti guy, and he oh, was okay. telling me, like, she was taking pictures with all the comics, except she she looked at my direction, looked at my face, kind of uncomfortable look away and just move away. They want to take a picture. <laughs> That's how bad my spot was. <laughs> During during the shitty shows, it's uncomfortable, but it's 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 funny in a sick way. Um, well, I think though, like in those shows where like the the laughter isn't there yeah. with, with when the audience is behind I'm very, you. Uh, I'm experienced with a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, but, but what's great though is that there are people in the audience like that that aren't like laughing out loud per se, that love you. Yeah, but they're afraid to laugh because they they're afraid that the people around them will think that. Oh, you're just like him. Yeah, you know, and they're afraid. But when the audience is behind you, there's nothing like it. Like you could go up there and sure. say like seven minutes of material, but it'll be a 15 minute set because your laughter, for some reason, it just carries. Yeah, like you may not hit like those peaks, but it'll just carry, and, and they'll just keep laughing and laughing sure. and laughing. And it's like, you know, she only did seven minutes of material. And it's a 15 yeah. minute set or 20 minute set. Those are those are the fun times, though. I just love sitting in the back and. Just listening, yeah. <laughs> you hear us in the back. <laughs> That's us. But you know what's funny is when your friends bomb too. I mean, I love watching that too. Let's be, <laughs> just let's be honest. My 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 friend Stan Chan, a very funny comic from Indianapolis, and he is a pilot for FedEx. He did your show one time. I think it was uh, Brea or Ontario, California. And uh, I, we, I apologize if you're not in California, Ontario, Brea, you probably yeah, can't yeah, make any sense of it. It's within an hour, hour and a half from um, L.A., but there was this Chinese kid. He must have been 17. And, uh, oh, my gosh. He was a little pretentious shit, and he had, like, uh, I don't know if you watched The Wire, but there was a character named Brother Muzan. He was a really intense motherfucker, and he had a bow tie. And this Chinese kid, 17, had a bow tie. He was cocky as shit. Anyway, he was talking to Stan. Yeah. And when this kid found out the stand didn't speak Chinese, he got, he made that kind of sound <laughs> and uh, kind of looked him funny and walked away. And that fucking pissed Stan, right? But this kid went up first and he brought tons of his friends. He fucking ate it. I mean, he just ate it. Like, yeah. And like, 
you know when you're new and you're like you're not doing well like you get used to like certain jokes a certain amount yeah. of life it, it it doesn't happen or it's not as much as what you're used to you you experience panic and i could tell you it's panic it, it, made, it made me laugh i can't remember the guy I, I, it, it, it made me laugh because right afterward stan chen oh you know what I think Stan Chen might have even went before him, and he got a huge laugh. Stan killed it, and when this kid tried to follow that, he couldn't. And like, he, 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 he just let this kid have it after the show. Fucking <laughs> shit, you know. You, you might, you might have to speak Chinese, but you ain't fucking funny. And he's saying to this like, seventeen yeah. years. He's like forty-five or something. That's awesome. Um, and like that that's the hard part that people don't know when, when you when you see the great ones do really well you yeah. appreciate it but when you're starting or even if you haven't reached your potential yeah there, there are some very painful moments oh yeah you know? yeah what's some of the worst i know because i i've seen you enough time you killed every time i see you walter oh, but thank you man it's a lot what's, of what's some of the worst shows do you remember my okay, my second stint this this and comedy. I had an act. My act was um, I pretended that I owned uh, a Chinese restaurant, like a fast food yeah. uh, wonton egg roll restaurant, and I had a Chinese accent, and I just played all the characters that came in, like a Jewish couple, yeah. a Mexican guy, black guy, all that, and I I get booked at Ice House in Pasadena, and I'm doing I'm doing my set. First joke that you know, and it's comics. You know when when the first joke is and when they're supposed to laugh. No one laughs. Yeah. And I had remembered beforehand that they said 80% of that crowd is um, from England. And so I thought, oh, oh I, no. thought, I thought, what's the big deal? You know, they'll get it. Yeah. I think I got mercy chuckles yeah. throughout, throughout my act. But my act at time was like 15 minutes. I finished in eight, eight or nine minutes yeah. because I would just rush through it. Because I didn't know how to handle people not laughing. And I, and I actually waited. The first couple of spots, I waited for them to laugh, and no one laughed. Yeah. And they're looking at me like, what, what, are you, what are you even talking about? Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I panicked, and I just rushed through the, my entire set. Yeah. And I got off stage, and I was just like, wow. Like, I never want to feel that again. You know? Because, like, if you don't, if one joke doesn't hit, yeah. it's, you're fine. You're like, whatever, okay. But then the second one doesn't hit, the third one doesn't hit, and then you're like, whoa, I'm going to be dead in the water. And then, like, you know, back then I was still, like, young with, with regards to being a comic. And I just, like, rushed through. Do you, do you usually, like, um, when that happens, which a lot to me, um, <laughs> it, it, it kind of helps you if you make comment, like, just, just honestly say, so like, jeez, none of, none of this shit is working, whatever. Say, yeah. Just say something that's obvious. And then they kind of chuckle and, like, you're trying to reconnect with them and stuff, you know. But, Definitely. yeah, it's, it is uncomfortable. Um, I remember a couple of those East Coast shows with opening for Norton. Man, within like a minute or so, I had four or five thousand people just booing you, and like wow, oh, and like it, it's it's just tsunami of boo because as soon as they boo and you don't say something back right away to get them, it's over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it just the whole over. it's yeah. just tsunami. You're just you're getting drowned by the wow. fucking hatred, and it wasn't anything like racial. No, <laughs> they just <laughs> they so don't you know. Say. Yeah. <laughs> They don't know you. They came to see Jim Norton. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's. I mean, now I, I, I. It makes me laugh seeing that. You know. Um, no, definitely. Um, I, I have a one of my friends is uh, the writer for one of the writers for Kevin Hart, and so he uh, Kevin Hart has a group of people that open for him. Sure. And he said they were they were in a place five thousand people yeah. in an auditorium, and he goes up first, 
and they're just is like, he white? Black. Black guy. Like, they're just, boo, get off stage. We want Kevin. Who are you? Get off stage, man. You suck. And he said, they're not even there to see anyone else. No. They're just there to see Kevin. And he said, you can't take it personally, but it's no, but you hard do. not to. But you do, yeah. You, do. you, you take do. it personally. And um, I'm like, that's just, must be rough. Uh, Inside Actors of Studio, they had uh, Dave Chappelle on. And uh, Dave Chappelle was talking about, I think uh, he was 11 or something, or 12. His mom, both of his parents are like professors and yeah. stuff. And they're like really accomplished people, but... <coughs> I think he's been maybe doing like a year or so. Mm -hmm. So they took him to um, Apollo Theater in... That's uh, right, in Harlem, Harlem, New York. Yeah. In Harlem. And within a short amount of time, they start booing him, like, get off the stage and things <laughs> like that. Like, And that's the thing. It's not like racial thing. Like, no. those crowds... Because Chappelle keeps saying, like, who boos an 11-year-old child? You yeah. know, just trying <laughs> yeah. to crush his dreams. But those... But the, those are the rooms that it's actually, it is good for you, you know, like getting, you're like boxing, you're getting knocked down and like, hopefully you learn from it. You don't get knocked down next yeah. time. But yeah. Yeah. We all have those, you know, I, I think, I meet plenty of young kids in LA, they want to be star right away and they always talk about what they want out of it, like movies, TV show and things yeah. like that. <laughs> but very rarely they say they want to work on their craft or actually like laughing and stuff. LA, LA is a strange place. It, it really is. Because it's other places, you know, you're probably doing it because you really love it. But LA, um, people forget you should do it because you really like it yeah. first, you know? They do it as an option. You, you, I hear so many actors yeah. and actresses like, oh yeah, I'm an actor, um, but I, I'm going to try stand up because, you know, I'm going to like work that muscle too. It's like you don't just try it. I mean, yeah. you can try it like once or twice. Sure. But after that, if, you, if you're just constantly trying it, you're not going to make it as a comic, no matter how, you know, unless you get uh, lucky and there's a perfect storm there. Like Eliza Schlesinger, I knew her before when she was an actress. Oh, is that right? Yeah, she was an, she was an actress before, and she was just trying stand-up. But with, with her, though, she's attractive. She has a nice bosom. Yeah. And she, she had a good set of material that allowed her to win Last Comic Standing. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> when you say you had a good set of uh, uh, material, you did a hand gesture like you're grabbing her tits. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I like to be, uh, you know, <laughs> grabbing breasts. It's nice. I just wonder, like, a girl's like that, do you think her looks hurt her as a stand-up? I, no, I think it actually helps her. You think, I think so? It, yeah, I think it helped her. That's because the, uh, someone was saying that when she made her rise, it was really that time of, like, empowering women was going on. Yeah. Um, and that's not to take away from her as a comic. Nothing yeah, at she's all. a funny yeah, girl. Yeah, she's a funny girl. Um, it's just but that, not they, atypical comic look. You yeah, know, she's really yeah. pretty. Yeah, like, but if you put her, I think if you put her in a different time period, yeah. I don't know that her rise would have been would have been as quick. Sure. I don't doubt that she would have still made it. Yeah. But I think it would it would have taken more time. Uh, but definitely, like, yeah, you you get as a comic, you thrown into the fire the first time you're on stage. But there's other more difficult fires. Like you know, if you're thrown into a black crowd first. Which is in my third stint, I started at Black Rooms. Yeah. And so, where, when you have people, like, when your worst fear is that they don't laugh, and then you realize that's not your worst fear as a comic, your worst fear is getting booed, and you're working against that, then it's like you really start, you gotta bring it because you don't wanna get booed. Have you, have you, have you or Mike ever been to that room, uh, Wild Coyote in Montebello? No. Have no, you been to that one? I haven't. Heard of it, but I haven't. Um, I don't. I don't do comedy anymore. But I think that was the probably most notorious room in L.A. Because only reason I even had to work there for a while, I was so filthy I couldn't get a regular room. <laughs> and 
they're they're not even kidding. When they say wild coyote, they really have wild because um, it was one of those official room for Mongols that the motorcycle gangs. Oh, okay. And there's all kinds of cholo guys there, and I don't, I never quite understood that cholo, which is you know Mexican gang member or yeah. uh, wannabe gang guys. I guess I'm not quite sure exactly exact definition, but you know cholo when you see one slash um, gang members. And their relationship with Mongols, but um, they they were kind of friendly relationship. I I didn't know any of that stuff. And getting blue is not the worst thing, believe me. I, I, I've seen, <laughs> believe me. Uh, Tommy Chong, the black comic. Yeah. Um, a week before I was there, I heard that he got knocked out by a customer. I think he, I, I I could be wrong. I think it was him, but he was walking out of the place. He said something back to an audience, and as soon as he walked out, he got a sucker punch in the face. And uh, I remember some guy pulled a gun, and like there was a fist fighting star in the room. And they used to have a show Wednesday and Saturday. Wednesday was the most dangerous night to do a show there because Saturday, at least the guys would bring their wife or girlfriends, and at yeah. least women have civilizing effect at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless you have one of those drunk cunty chicks that want to blood and fight. Yeah. But in general. <laughs> They will calm people down, but yeah. the Wednesday was worse because these single guys angry. They don't have a pussy, and you know, and uh, <laughs> angry horny guys. They're not They're not really the best audience for comedy, you know. So I've got some threat, but I never got beat up because I always know how to. I'm I'm a fucking weasel. I know how to get out of there. But yeah, that that's the worst when people take that shit so personal that they want to physically confront you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with booing. After Montebello, yeah. when I see people get knocked out, that shit was scary, I mean. Oh, like, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I did a room similar to that. Uh, it was called the family room. It's called knockout comedy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was in Inglewood. <laughs> But it wasn't like on the outskirts. So it's a black room. Yeah, it was in the heart of Inglewood. <laughs> What's the name of the room? Family room. Yeah, you would think. You would right, think right. Right. First time I go there, I'm constantly walking outside to check my car. <laughs> it's one of those neighborhoods. Oh, it is black neighborhoods. Yeah, it is one of those neighborhoods where <laughs> yeah. every house, every business has a dog. Yeah. A guard dog. And and I'm like, well, if and they all have the, a all the dog, windows have bars. Yeah, yeah, everything's barred up. So I'm like, if they have. For those of you traveling to uh, America, if you're in a neighborhood where they don't have a lot of street light, yeah. they have a lot of bars and windows and doors, and you see a lot of guard dogs, yeah, you're you're, you're yeah. in the wrong section. Yeah, you're the wrong, <laughs> you're, wrong I'm, place. I'm no, I'm no Rick Steve. You're you're in the wrong fucking yeah. <laughs> And like we go there, and that night they happen to have a, a biker gang come through. Oh no! And this is the first time in my life I've ever even wait. Heard but it's of, a black room, right? It's a black room. But white white gang. Black crowd. No, no. It was it was a. This is the first time I ever seen or heard of a black biker gang. Wow. They all came in the Harleys, their their, their cuts, all that. Is it, that right? It, I was I was like I wasn't freaking out like a little bitch, but I was like inside. I was like shit. I gotta hold it together because I'm Korean. And and if you guys don't know Southern California, Koreans and blacks don't have the best relationships. But don't you think it has improved quite a bit? It's improved a lot. Yeah. But I still, you know, I don't know. There might be some old school like residual yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I try to look as Chinese as possible. Yeah. Because I didn't want it to be out there. But I mean, I, I did say I was. <laughs> Hold I, on. What do you mean? What do you mean you look like Chinese? I you have a Jackie look, Chan T-shirt. Yeah. Or no, I try to look as Chinese. <laughs> I slanted my eyes more, more than than they normally are. And but I mean, I did tell them I was Korean once I got on stage. But the, when the black biker gang came, half the place is there for the for the show. They're and they're, they're actually dressed up, you know, for the show. Yeah. And then like the other half is at the bar, and they can care less that the comedy show is going on. Yeah. 
it's so loud in there. I couldn't hear my own myself talk on the mic. Yeah. All I had to base it on was their faces. If they laughed, then I knew okay. Wait, how could you see them? <laughs> well, I, I would try to open it as much as I could. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, black mic laugh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but the, the, this is this is the funny part of the entire thing was that not only was I scared for my car and, yeah. and partly my life, the way they pay you is they crumble up dollar bills and throw it at you. So if it's a really good joke, they'll start throwing money at you, and then at the at the end of your set, you have to bend down and pick it up like you're a stripper. I've that, done that too. You've done that, yeah. It's the weirdest when feeling. I, when I work with Asakira in uh, Philly, I have to go around pick up those, uh, <laughs> uh, pick up those dollars, and like I have to go into the private room while she eat dinner, or whatever, and I have to cr- uncrumble all the uh. dollars. <laughs> and my hands are so dirty after that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's it's one of those weird, really weird experiences. But like that one was a scary. But but, place. but, but were they nice to you? They were not, like the the comedy crowd was nice. So like some bikers were in the comedy crowd, yeah, and they would try to tell everyone to be quiet, and no one would say anything to them. You know, they go, hey, yeah, why would you? Fuck, yeah, like, shut the fuck up. And yeah. then, like, they would just, like, kind of quiet down for a they little would? bit. They would? Yeah, well, because they're the bikers, like, I guess everyone was afraid of them. I, I don't know. Um, and oh, I but, bikers, but bikers were there to watch the show. Yeah, some of the bikers were there, but most of them were at the bar, and yeah. then some other black guys at the bar. And I couldn't tell them to shut up. Yeah. I mean, what authority did I have being, you know, five foot six, hundred, you know, whatever, 50 pounds? Like, these big biker dudes were like, hey, everyone, shut the fuck up. And they would quiet down, but then they would start back up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I did it. I did that show twice, and then the, I stopped going when the guy that booked and hosted got jumped. Oh no! Like he got jumped there. I'm like, if he got jumped, what what guarantees would I have? You don't. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I, I can't be doing that kind of things. Um, I can't. That's not cool. So you, you, well, first of all, I mean, Mike, you you haven't had an incident where a comic got beat up in your shows, have you? No, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We can start Not tonight. Yet. Knock on wood. Know. Knock on wood. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, what What do you wish um, the listeners to know? Like, I mean, besides showing up to show and support you, what, what do you need from the, uh, the public to support the show? Um, just the appreciation of comedy. I mean, um, if you're going to take comedy, like if you go to a show, I mean, your, your material is raw. And if people well, are there, like saying, "Oh, damn," yeah, you know, you know, f this dude. I mean, it's just comedy, so you have to have that. Uh, you have to walk into the comedy club expecting everything, but don't take it personal. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, uh, the comics will appreciate you, you know, for all your laughter and and for knowing that it's just based on jokes. Sure. But I mean, you're gonna have that typical person that comes in. And are, is going to take it to the heart, to the head. So, I mean, if you're going to be that type of person going into, I, I suggest you just stay home. I think for uh, for two different groups, for the Asian groups, yeah. I, I think um, we do have a reputation in the States being a little overly serious. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. And that's, I think, I, I think, you know, to me, comedy is like food. You know, people like spicy food. Like other people yeah. like sweet food and whatnot. I, I just think it's okay to laugh and... But most Asian people, are, out of all the other groups, probably most sensitive, where they're always worried how they're portrayed in public. Yeah. So, you know, if I do yeah. a jo- joke about a, a baby with AIDS or something like that. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. 
<laughs> Who doesn't laugh at that? Um, they're worried that, you know, their wife or boyfriend yeah. or whoever it is think they, they approve of it. it. It has nothing to do with it. Any morning, yeah. if you watch Friday the 13th, you don't approve all the murders. Yeah. It's just entertainment. But for, for some reason, with the stand-up comedy, when you stand in front of people, they just assume literally. And, and, and yeah. um, I think I, I'm just hoping most Asian people know the difference, between, you know, yeah. intention of comedians and... Uh, Irony, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. uh, and it's it's good to expose them with different kind of humor too, you yeah. know, because I think more humorous Asian Americans are, I think they they will be more embraced by the country because I think there are still people mystified by Asian and Asian Americans yeah. in this country, you know, and um, I think having a humor definitely help for non-Asian people support the Asian show like slanted comedy show because. Yes. Um, you know, even before I was hanging out with Filipinos, like when you listen to Filipino act, like I didn't know this whole shit about Filipinos and like in the medical profession and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like actually first <laughs> thought, yeah. first it's people who told me about it was Edwin Samuel, Russell Peters, and like I didn't realize it. But after I heard that and went to the hospital, and like I know, like goddamn, there are all yeah. Filipino. Yeah. It's it's a stereotype. It's an exaggeration. The truth. So, yeah. well, I think Mike's the only Filipino that isn't a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 However, he fucks a lot of nurses. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, just come to the Asian show because it's it's if you're too lazy to read a book about Asian Americans, go to Asian comedy show because when they talk about things that are so important to them, you in a in an hour and a half show you could learn about Asian yeah, people, yeah, especially for the white guys who want to fuck Asian girls. Yeah. It's a terrific way to <laughs> yeah. find Asian girls. Seriously, learn about Asian heritage. <laughs> Just laugh when they laugh, and then they'll yeah. know, like, oh, this guy's down. Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely, you know, the, I think the funny thing, or the sad thing and funny thing is that Asians were so, like, sensitive about the accent. And, like, whenever it's portrayed I can't, on TV. I can't, I can't do anything because you guys don't have it. Yeah, I don't have, have it. it. Yeah, and then so, like, they're, they're, when you see on TV, like, an Asian actor or actress portraying someone who just came from China, Japan, or Korea, and they have an accent, yeah. they always say, we all don't have accents. Why do you guys keep portraying us that way? Yeah. And I think in the midst of all that um, complaints... Indians took over, and Indians are now all over television because Indians don't complain yeah. about doing the accent. They're fine with it. Producers don't want complaints. They don't yeah. want controversy. They're like, oh, Indians don't complain. Let's use Indians. And I and I what I try to say is, it's like oh, I do the accent. I do the Chinese and a, ja and a Korean accent yeah. on, on stage. And you know, people say, oh, that, I don't like that you do accents. I'm like, yeah, but do you know how many peak Koreans and Japanese and Chinese do have accents? And if we deny them and we say, hey, man, yeah. we don't speak with accents, we're alienating them. And I think that's unfortunate. I mean, you know, we should we sh we should embrace the accent, yeah. And because I find it sexy, only in guys, in girls not not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think we should embrace the accent because there's so many of us that have it. I don't. I don't. I mean, I've I've, I've gotten teased all my life. It's it's so funny. I'm ethnically Korean, but I was born in Japan, so I, uh, Japanese is my first language. But my mom, her first language Korean and Japanese second language. But growing up with her, I guess I might have had a little bit of like a weird accented Japanese. Mm -hmm. And now that I've lived here for over 30 years, sad thing is I have an accent in both languages now. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't speak any language without an accent. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's um, strange. And I don't, it doesn't hurt my feelings, whatever. But I, I think it just depends. I, I think like Russell Peters, when he teased me about accent, it's coming from a good place. Yeah, He's just yeah. teasing yeah. you. There are people who mock and ridicule you. It's a power thing too, yeah, you know. Yeah. So they try to demean you and uh, humiliate you, even though 
you you might speak with accent, but what you're saying has a lot of uh, substance and intelligence. They don't care. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. the shit that I don't like. But um, I'm not. It, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just it's yeah. whatever. It's it just always always intention, whether it's comedy. or Definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of it's it's our fault. Our fault being like the um, the Asian community in, yeah. in America because uh, you look at um, British people. They don't make fun of British people with British accents. Yeah. Latinos don't make fun of pe- Latinos with accents. Yeah. Antonio Banderas has an accent. Huge worldwide star. Yeah. But women say that's sexy accent. That's true. Yeah. So we, but we don't think it's sexy. So we put that out there that it's not sexy. It's okay to make fun of it because we <laughs> well, make fun so of it. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's not a sexy accent, though. Yeah. No, but we have to convince the white people it is. Okay, I see. <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, French and uh, Spanish accent and English. I mean, it, it, it's. You know, it sounds great. It sounds great. I have to say, yeah, because it can make an ugly girl cute. No, nothing makes ugly girls cute. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's that's, that's, Doggy just, style. Uh, the, the, that's maybe what maybe you put in front of her with those carnival mirror or something. <laughs> <laughs> but can can I, uh, um, um, Mike? You were born here too, right? Yeah, I was born here. So, I was born in Japan. This is the serious portion of the show. <laughs> So I was born in Japan, and Japan do not do good job at all teaching their history. Quite often, when the young Japanese travel overseas, they're surprised when they encounter uh, racism and whatnot. It's because reaction to what Japanese did during World War II. Yeah. So when I when I moved here, I I, I don't know. I mean, what well, little I knew about World War II or any time after before World War II, the Japanese aggression in, in Asia and things like that. So. First place I moved was Bremerton, Washington. It's a Navy town in Washington State, and I quickly learned Baton Death March. And um, this white guy that lived in my neighborhood, he joined Navy when he was 17. He lied about he joined military when he was 17. I think second day he arrived, Corregidor, Japanese invaded. So second day after, I don't know why I'm laughing. Second day he, joined, he lied. He lied, so he fucking deserved it. But <laughs> he lied. He joined when he was seventeen, and next thing you know, he was prisoner of war for like a year or two. And uh, I'm telling you, I know Japanese was atrocious. They did terrible things to Filipinos, to Korean, Chinese, yeah. Vietnamese, on and on and on and on. So, even though I lived in Washington State and lived in California, uh, mid '80s. I was very wary about that because growing up in military base, you, people always remind me of that stuff. But yeah. do do you, do you think that the animosity among Asian groups in America is that? It, it, do you think it's dwindling? Do you think it's because in Asia, it's that shit is strong. It's well, strong right now. Yeah. Strong. I think for the younger generation that doesn't yeah. know the history, and it's not there. But I mean, a lot of like my older like. Uh, like uncles and aunties yeah. or, or, or grandmas and grandpas that's been through that, I think the animosity is still there. Yeah, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. I I read those shit and, and my stomach churned. And you know, I worked porn for fourteen years. I've seen some disgusting stuff. <laughs> but but the, some of the stories, like I just cannot, I just cannot believe. And you know, I'm still mystified, even though I grew up in Japan until I was ten or eleven. Japanese are very polite. You know, I'm sure you met yeah. plenty of like traditional Japanese, and even their language structure, like the word "sumimasu," is like, please accept my apology. I'm I'm sorry, right? Yeah. So they say "sumimasu," "sumimasu," over and over. They say "sorry, sorry" all the time. 
Well, I don't understand. Why couldn't they just say sorry for rape of Don King and and all yeah. these horrible things they did in World War Two? And like, even if you don't mean it, like just imagine you have ex girlfriend or something. Just say sorry so she that she will stop nagging at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't. Why, but they why, don't... why? Why? Why couldn't they say? It? Because I, you know, I'm in stuck because I have relatives in Japan and Korea. It's a fucking so oh, sore project. Yeah. Uh, well, they issue. don't. I don't think the Japanese believe. Well, not all of them, but like the young the, people don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, the current, you know, the just current historians that say like the comfort women never happened. Yeah, it, it, it did happen. They said that they volunteered. For those of you who don't know, um, non-Asian people don't know the issue with Japan and Korea. Comfort women was, it's a politically correct way of saying, women, Korean and Chinese women who were forced to be a yeah. prostitute. And, you know, oftentimes, it's not like when you get prostitutes in Amsterdam where they have some minimum amount of uh, rights. Yeah. Testing and getting paid right, and uh, you have freedom to say no. These women, I mean, they were just raped. Yeah. There's the no soldiers. way around to say it, you know? They were sent, they were sent to the front lines to, um, you know, have Satisfied. relations yeah. with, with the soldiers. And then when they were done, a lot of them were tied up to trees. Yeah. And then when, when the, well, for them, the enemy, but for us, it was like U.S. troops or whatever troops came in, Korean troops, they would shoot yeah. and they would kill Korean women because they were tied to the trees. Because right. they would hear noises and whatnot. Um, if they had babies, they would abort them yeah. in like the most gruesome way possible. And so right now, there's historians in Japan that say um, they, were, they were, the comfort women didn't exist because they voluntarily serviced mm -hmm. the Japanese soldiers. Yeah. Um, I could understand one or two Korean hoes were like, yes, I will service and blow the and, Japanese and, 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 soldiers. And let's be, let's be fair. Uh, if you go <coughs> military bases, there are places in Korea, mm -hmm. in Japan, and Philippines. I, oh, maybe they don't have bases. But anywhere U.S. military was, those kinds of services exactly. are offered. And yeah. we're not saying uh, prostitution doesn't exist. Yeah. In Korea, yeah. it does exist everywhere where people mm -hmm. are around. But all three of us, our contentions are they were forced. And yeah. I, I believe yeah. they were forced. Definitely. And, and a few decent historians in Japan trying to say that, they get threatened. Oh, they yeah. Get, they get threatened, you know? So um, do I have a documentation, video footage, and interviewing people? I have not done that. But uh, I'm, I'm very comfortable for someone who was born in Japan, even though ethnically Korean. That that did that did happen, yeah. and uh, every day they're dying, and th I think in '65 or someplace in mid '60s they they did some symbolic apology and a little bit of money, but I I don't think they, I don't think you can move as a nation when you did something atrocious like yeah. that. Yeah. No, apologize, and even with the even if with a little bit of money you pay, it's something, but. I just can't imagine you commit some that kind of crime and pretend like you never did it. Yeah. That's just so insulting to the victim. Yeah. Like hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, yeah. whatever the many people. Oh, they all imagine that none of yeah. this shit happened. That's yeah. the thing. You know, one of the mayors in, in Japan say like they should be honored. Mm -hmm. The women should be honored that they were able to service the Japanese soldiers and invigorate them. And it's like, so that 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 <laughs> once again. Somebody saying it never happened. Another one saying it happened. Yeah. but they yeah. should be thankful that they got. Yeah, married. and yeah. so. So my thing is this, it's like, hey, if you guys want to move on in history, just like apologize, whether it's fake or not, whatever, apologize, and move forward. Yeah. Every time someone brings it up and says, it didn't happen, or they should be honored, yeah. it just yeah. reopens wounds. Yeah. And I think right now there's a handful of the comfort women from Korea that are still alive. Yeah. They're like in their mid-80s. And once they just want peace. Yeah. Once yeah. they pass away, though, yeah. there's going to be, they're going to say, see, wait, you have no witnesses. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like 80 yeah. years ago. Like, what are you going to do? It's like the, those German historians that say the Holocaust never happened. 
like, oh, but there's no survivors, so... Uh, Walter, it, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. They, they were all We love the Jews. Yeah, they were all photoshopped. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the Asians of Europe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of like some, some Americans saying, like, we, we never knew Hiroshima and Nagasaki. How do you feel? Yeah. It's, all those photographs of CGI never... You no. know, it's, yeah. it's just... Um, I, don't, I don't understand it, and... Um, I, I, I go to Germany a lot, uh, not for work, for prostitution, but anyway, <laughs> Germans have done a wonderful job apologizing. Yeah. In fact, they're polar, op polar opposite of what the Japanese did. They got all the way to the point of they're not comfortable showing German flag, they're not comfortable showing the pride in uh, Germany mm -hmm. and things like that, and they have done an outstanding job apologizing. Um, if you want to look for anti-Semitism, my impression was whenever I travel places like Russia and France. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the German has done a wonderful job apologizing, and uh, uh, you, you can't even have swastika in video games for like World War II. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. they're they're very their feeling about it is so strong. But um, US and, is, and, we're and, not great and, either. And, and they yeah, you're right. That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they educate their young about that. But um, I I just hope that. Um, like I say, it's a shitty thing to say, but even even if you don't mean it, just fucking apologize yeah. and put in a textbook apologizing because, you know, the thing is, there's many Japanese who are decent, they're, but they're just afraid. In this country, it only takes somebody to say, oh, if you're not with us, you're against us. It's just yeah, always a small yeah. percentage of asshole to get biggest voice Definitely. you know i think most japanese know that it's bad but they're just afraid to say anything i i believe that part i think yeah. most japanese are feeling bad about it probably yeah but they're, they're not they don't have voice. the courage to say mm -hmm. it and i think in america japanese know like they know firsthand about not being apologized to and not getting the stuff back is the japanese that were sent to uh, manzanar for yeah. the internment camps yeah. the ones that once they got released they lost their assets their homes yes. they lost their savings they lost everything and the government just said, yeah, whatever, all right, see you later. And I think Ronald Reagan mid-80s finally made some kind of gesture um, compensation. Yeah. Right? But it was $20,000 or something, but that money would never compensate no. for the loss and humiliation and all the opportunity they would have had. You yeah. Know? So, um, it, it's one of those, it's, they're, they're all unfortunate incidences in, in, in world history. Sure. And I think, you know, like you said, the Germans are great at apologizing. I think no, they really have yeah, done. And they, yeah. Japan, America, they should take a page from that. Yeah. I mean, not that, and I don't want to compare like, oh, what Japan did was worse than what America did. Nothing like that. But yeah. it's as long as I think a country apologizes and, and takes responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, hey, you know what? This shit happened. Yeah. And then you know what? We're sorry. I don't really mean it, but we're, we're going to say it out sure. loud, and you know, let's just move forward. Because now, you yeah, the Holocaust was a huge deal, but you, we don't hear a lot of people say they have animosity towards Germany. Because no. of what they did, you know, um, because they've been they've been quiet about it. they kept their mouth shut, but then you get you know people in Japan and I know there's a handful of historians in Germany that say the Holocaust never happened and you know they could probably get laughed out, uh, but I, my theory is in a generation or two, once all the surviving members of the Holocaust and surviving members of the Comfort Women when they all pass away, you're going to find a lot of um, sure. history books that are, will that it's revisionist history where that never happened. People lied. People photoshopped. And I, I think, like, even places like Ar Armenia, they're still angry with Turks oh, because of, of the genocide, like, 100 years ago. So I, I just, I, I know I do some horrible jokes, but I just think it's in the interest of Japan to change because I tell you, man, if you would have told me 20 years ago the Korean people, their companies like Hyundai and Samsung's going to take over an auto and mm -hmm. uh, a cell phone, I don't think even Japanese and Americans would believe it. No. 
I mean, the Korean Galaxy, holy fuck, man, that thing's dominating because I think, I mean, you look at Korea, it's middle of nowhere. It's surrounded by yeah, aggressor so throughout the history, yeah. you know. It's, it's, actually, Korea's never won a war. Never, or conflict, whatever yeah. you want to call it. They've never won wars, conflicts. They've always been occupied, yeah. overtaken. Um, so for them, it's a peninsular country. Uh, they, they became a first world country. They were, you know, and they were a third world country before. They became a first world country. And it's, it's crazy you know, what they've accomplished. Yeah. I mean, Hyundai alone, when they first came in with the Hyundai Excel, I was like, what the, that's a fucking piece of shit car. We, they we, were saying the same thing about Japanese cars, too. They did, the yeah. same, exact, same exact but thing. But now, holy shit, man. They're what doing great. The, the Odyssey or whatever that thing yeah, is? Yeah, the Genesis. And yeah. They have the Ecus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I think one of the things with, with Hyundai is, is uh, they had that great 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty, yeah. which doubled or even some, in some cases tripled any warranty offered yeah. for other cars. And then yeah. when the economy tanked in the U.S., they said, hey, if you're looking for a car, buy mm. a Hyundai. If it turns out you can't make the payments, give it back to us. Yeah. No problems. And it's like, whoa, like, you know, where'd this come from? Uh, so, they, I mean, they're, they're doing a great job. And like you said, like, I don't think I would have, even when Hyundai Excel came here first, I was like, what the hell is going to go yeah. on? It takes time to change. You Definitely. Know? But at least we have cars, though. You know who doesn't have cars? The Philippines. They, they, they haven't made no cars, I think. Mike, what's up with the Philippines? They just got jeepneys. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> Transform. They transformed the cars. <laughs> That's all. Filipinos are amazing, man, because the, the, the language, it's... Yeah, we have so many dialects. Yeah, that's why you, you see Filipinos like places like Saudi Arabia, which they're abusing the poor Filipinos. But yeah. oh, but yeah. they, because of the language thing, you know, Filipinos are pretty flexible. They could work in Asia or North America or mm -hmm. the yeah. Middle East. Yeah, aren't you guys pretty – you guys are responsible for building a lot of Dubai, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah we are. Yeah. There's and a lot Filipinos of, are Dubai, man. Yeah, and uh, it's underreported the amount of deaths that you guys go through as well in Dubai through, through construction. Yeah. Well, that's a That's a – it's not a secret, but it's a dirty little fact about when you, when, when industry, when construction grows, how many people will die? Yeah. Um, yeah. People don't talk about it. Like when the Brooklyn Bridge went up, a lot of people died right. in the building of yeah. the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, Dubai, a lot of people were dying. You know, um, they don't really talk about it. They just think, oh, what a magnificent building. Yeah. You know, how many people died? Oh, that doesn't matter. It's magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, got, I got to say, Filipinos, man, they're really, they, they're there to heal people and, um, I guess beside Filipinos, maybe Thai people, just the nicest group of people. Like I don't know too many like even like high school movies. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Remember watching a TV or movie where the Filipino character was the mean one. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like if you go around and say you want to kill Filipinos and Thai people, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, let's. I mean, you know, I have a temper, and my mother says it's be well because we're Korean, whatever. We we have a, like a bad <laughs> temper, true, whatever. Yeah. We're the Irish of the East. Yeah, but yeah. yeah what what I know terrible things were done to Filipino too. But what, where where does that like like a nice kindness come from? Except for Manny uh, Pacquiao when he's beating <laughs> the shit out of your face. <laughs> no, I think it's just in our culture because yeah. um, we're very family oriented. And we take care of each other. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just the upbringing of most Filipinos. And then, of course, you know, Philippines is like, you know, a third world country. So yeah. they know what poor is and they know what, how to, you know, like if people extend a hand, they'll extend a hand sure. back to you. So I think that's just how, you know, my uh, parents and the generation of parents, you know, that 
who were born in the Philippines that migrated over here sure. so that they could give us a better life. But then again, I mean, the 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 Filipinos that were born here, they don't have that recollection or they don't have that knowledge or that humbleness as far as the the kids that were born in the Philippines yeah. and all that stuff. So, I think that's the problem that every immigrants yeah. face. You look at that two kids in Boston bombing the Boston Marathon. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they're biologically Chicheans, even though actually their family's from Dajistan. I don't, maybe I'm not pronouncing it right, but it's a region near Chechia. So when they're living in the um, Boston area, they're ethnically Chicheans, yeah. but they didn't know anything about it. In fact, one of the, the youngest boy was talking to some professor, and he he were talk. Uh, some professor was specialty in Chechnya in Boston, and they Rolling Stone magazine interviewed the guy. He was saying that he wanted to know everything with Chechnya. He didn't know anything about it. And when you don't know your heritage, yeah. and uh, in the country that you you live in, they keep reminding you you're different from them. Yeah. And when you go back to your homeland and they don't accept you, it it that's that's a that's a problem, man. I, yeah, I, really I think is. that that always happened. Like a lot of the terrorists in like Europe, the Muslims, the ones who didn't assimilate to the European culture, they get really fucked up in the head. It's almost kind of like you're a cop, yeah. and you play um, informant. After a while. Are you cop or are you fucking uh, the yeah. mafia? You know, yeah. it fuck your head, heads up, and yeah. I think shows like yours, you know, unless you belong to religious Asian religious institute, <laughs> may, maybe shows like that will help because where else are you gonna go and get uh, re, yeah. um, what is it, re uh, attached to your culture? You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, most Japanese Americans uh, during the World War Two. The parents didn't want the kids to know anything about Japanese because they don't want them to be different yeah. from the group and have yeah. the same problem. Yeah. So most Japanese, I think Japanese are the, probably the least uh, connected their heritage among all the other Asian groups, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, because Koreans are very nationalistic. We're very prideful. Yeah. Like, we're very yeah. pro-Korea. Like, I mean, if you go to Little Tokyo in L.A., not a lot of Japanese people live in Little Tokyo. And if they're Japanese, they don't even speak the language. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in Koreatown, a lot of Koreans live in Koreatown. Like yeah, in there's Chinatown, lot, yeah. You know, Chinese don't live there. A lot of Korean people live in there. Some of those people don't even learn, ever learn to speak English. No. Because I'm living in Koreatown, why do I need to <laughs> speak English? The street signs in Koreatown are in Korean, too. Oh, is that right? Yeah. There's, like, the, for the major streets, like, it'll, it'll be in Korean. So, like, for Normandy, it'll say Normandy in Korean. Oh, yeah. oh I, I misunderstood. Like, I thought that's your name up to Kim Jong-un oh, Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Il-sung Boulevard. That's for the north part of Koreatown, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, no, they have the, in Korean, in the Korean language, they have the street names in Korean. Um, so, like... I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, this for the major street. You'll, yeah. you'll see it. And, like, you know, so if, you're, if you come from Korea yeah. and you don't speak English, you don't really have to learn English. You know. Is that true in the Filipino uh, Filipino town? Do they use Tagalog on uh, streets or something? Uh, I'm not sure, man. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't really been hanging out or been around yeah. uh, Filipino historic town and all that stuff. But so Are you ashamed of your heritage? Is that why, Mike? What's, what's going on, man? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, you know Cesar Chavez credit for labor union in the state of California? But you know who really started? It was the Filipinos. And he kind of took over the whole movement. But it was Filipino, the migrant workers. Because uh, I, I read it. It's like how Spain invade. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I read this article by, uh, I, I think uh, I read this correctly. 
there's a guy down in Orange County called, um, wrote an article called Ask, Ask a Mexican. He's a column about anything pertaining to Mexican and Latino culture. And the yeah. guy, sometimes racist people ask him questions like, why do Mexicans do this? Or legitimately good question about it. He explained, but when he was explaining the labor union in uh, California, if I remember right, I was, yeah. I was shocked. Filipinos had a lot to do with it, man. All the rates that we benefit. Yeah. Of course, Chavez and other Mexican black workers helped a lot, but it was Filipino had a lot to do with it. I was shocked when I heard You don't hear about yeah, I'm, it. I'm shocked too. This is like yeah. the first. Well, you mean you Filipinos, you guys are half Mexican anyway, your, your yeah. entire race, you know. Half <laughs> Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> they have Latino last names. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 yeah. The, the curse words are similar. Yeah. It is for puto. Oh, no, you have puto. Because we eat that. Yeah. <laughs> But you 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 eat the whore? No. What are you yeah. about? <laughs> Only the clean one. Yeah. I think. <laughs> um, maybe next. Uh, how much time has it been? It's this one plus the other one. Okay, maybe like fifteen, twenty more minutes. Then we'll, we'll, we'll be done. Um, I know you have to go, Sam. Um, so, um, your 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 family. What's the story? How did your family? Come? I'm I'm kind of curious about this sort of things. How they come? Come over here? Yeah, who made a decision in your family? It was, it was my By dad. By the way, to p white people who get angry, <laughs> believe me, when people come to this country, we're not, we didn't come here to aggravate you. Yeah. Most often because we're desperate. Just try to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Most Americans do not want to learn foreign language. And imagine when you go to another language, a country yeah. where they don't speak English, it's frustrating for you. Believe me, they come here because most often times they're desperate. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, which the American, the white people do too. They yeah, they forget. They forget. Yeah, they yeah. forget that their ancestors came here because they were desperate. Yeah, they were desperate. Yeah. It's the Indians that own this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's you know, like every other race, they come down here, you know, for a better lifestyle for their kids. So <laughs> sure. that's 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 why what my dad did. He made the transition and move out here, live sure. out here to give us, me and my sister, a, a better life, and. You know, I mean, yeah, you can say it's a better life, but then again, I mean, America's all messed up still, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just have to learn how to deal with it. Plus, education was, uh, was one of the main goals, too, from my dad sure. for, for uh, bringing us up. Because, you know, my dad, um, he, he was just uh, a, uh, one of those blue-car guys. Didn't sure. graduate high school and anything like that, but he was like, I'm going to make sure that... I get to a better. He country. sacrificed his yeah. life for you, yeah. So everything, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm 35, and I'm pretty sure um, kids who are about my age know what their parents went through as far as getting over here for them to have a better lifestyle. Well, they fucking better lifestyle. know. Yeah, you know. Hopefully, they know. So that's. I, I I I think that's mostly for you know other immigrants as well too, not sure. only just the Filipinos. You know, we're talking about the uh, the Mexicans as well, too. I mean, we hear about it all the time, how they want to border hop and all yeah. that stuff. And, you know, it sucks how they have to get sent back. But, I mean, I think... Well, they could hop back yeah. again. <laughs> which, which, which allegedly right now is supposed to be the trend, which I find really odd that they yeah. worded it that way. They yeah. said they're, they're actually hopping back over because the opportunities aren't here anymore. Yeah. It's really... Uh, the opportunities down here are... Getting kind yeah. of slim. <laughs> it's it's funny when I used to hang out with uh, a lot of those uh, white kids, especially the rich ones, because yeah. I didn't get along with my mom. And like sometimes I have to sleep in, like in high school. Yeah. I remember like going to with um, 
my friend's place to eat dinner and stuff, you know, because I get in fights and like sometimes I have to look for a place to stay. And it was always good with uh, fair-skinned white kids home because they they feature the best, you know. Yeah, they, do. <laughs> they really feature the best. In fact, I'm, I'm you know I'm not religious at all, but right after high school and when I got kicked out of home, living yeah. on my own, I used to love going to Korean churches. Because they always give you free meals. That's the only reason why I went yeah. to Korean church. <laughs> like I said, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about in church. Right, right after, I eat as much as I could. But um, <laughs> Oh, the service is done. Let's go eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the white kids always amaze me because they're feeding you. They're taking care of you. And during dinner, they're complaining, bitching, and whining. And like, I just like cannot believe. Yeah. Like, don't you even understand? You're, most of the time, your parents put their dreams aside and take care of your spoil your ass you yeah, know? yeah and you, you don't even know how lucky you are to live the life you have and like yeah. i can't believe these motherfuckers man they send you school give you ins fucking insurance and you know get your car yeah. and like yeah that kind of shit really frustrated me and i wish they were appreciated so what 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 was your situation with your family uh, walter i was born here my parents actually met Do you have a korean name uh not really no okay so it's, it is it's walter, walter yeah, yeah. um my parents actually they they're in a rare situation where they met in america oh is that right yeah so like my dad went to school here he went to auburn and then uh, in alabama uh if you guys don't know that bo jackson went there uh wait your dad he wasn't born in the states was no he? no no he was born in korea and why did why did he pick Auburn of all places? He actually um, there that's was, real sad. Well, there was a famous uh, psychologist and I forgot his name that that taught there, mm -hmm. and so he sought him out and he he got into the um, program there. Um, my dad's also one of the few guys his age that didn't go to the army because he created the battery tests for the army to decide like where where you should go, what division you should you should uh, serve in. Your dad did that. He created that test, and so because so they so Korea sent him to you know to, to study psychology, and so he he didn't have to go to the military. He's one of the few. You few don't mind saying your dad's name? No, Harry Hong. Um, could he could could people look up your dad Wikipedia nah, or something? Probably not. No, he's not like famous or anything like that. Um, but that's that's big. That you made a test. Uh, yeah. Determine. You know, and, and, but the thing is, is he tells me that, and um, I don't know like if if it, like he was the only author of the test, yeah. but I know he contributed sure. quite a bit to it. Because back then in Korea, psychology wasn't a no, big thing. No, yeah. it's a stigma in Asia. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what's the first question? Are you are you I, homosexual? Yeah. I don't know. Do you like boys? I <laughs> yeah. <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> when you sleep, do you stay awake? Yeah. To look at the other boys? Yeah, I, I don't know. Really <laughs> you should ask him. That's kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, they actually met in L.A. And then my mom came to America via South America. She went to um, Argentina first. And then Why? went to East Coast. Well, actually, a lot of Koreans went to South America first. I think it was easier to get into the States from South America. That's how South the South Koreans are. They're going to South America Yeah, first. they want to go South everywhere. Uh, but the, actually, you know, the, right now, there's a lot of Koreans in South America. Yeah. Like Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and uh, Brazil. Sao Paulo have the most Japanese outside of Japan. Then you That's right. They passed up um, Peru. Yeah. Peru used to have a lot. Yeah. Um, their prime minister was Japanese. Yes, like about President four, years oh, ago, Alberto Fujimori. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but then she went. She moved to the East Coast from yeah. South America, and then she moved to L.A. Does she speak Spanish too? She does, but it, she's. I mean, she's older. She's forgotten a lot of it. But she she used to be fluent in Spanish. Jesus. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, so they, they met. They met in L.A. And then. Uh, yeah. So, you, so you're so you're born, raised in L.A. Yeah, born and raised. So you're native 
a LA person. Pretty much, yeah. And then I lived in Orange County for most of my life. Of I'm course. I live there now, but yeah, I was born in LA, went to school in LA till second grade. Yeah. Then moved to Orange County, and then went to college in LA. Um, and then, yeah, I lived back in Orange County. But yeah, I'm basically just American. Do you talk about it? That's interesting. Your dad made a... Uh... No, I mean, I, I... You could just make jokes about it. Yeah. Like, I, That's I why South Korea is so much stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, South Korea is stronger, I think. Because, um, you know, it's that, it's that attitude, that, that die attitude. Because Koreans, the, culturally, it's like... There's a Korean saying, like, you know, you know what? If I die, you die. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, other, I think other cultures are, are less so. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I die, uh, all right, then that's just it. You know, but with Koreans, it's not like that. Um, there's a Japanese saying, actually, too. It's like, if you fight one Korean one-on-one, you're going to lose. Yeah. Because Koreans fight well, they're tempered, you're going yeah. to lose. If you fight two Koreans, you might win. Yeah. Because they're going to argue who's the better fighter. Right? <laughs> and then if you fight three Koreans, you'll win for sure because they're going to kill each other to, to determine who's the best fighter. Right. And then, you know, there, there's that. Um, that's culturally speaking. Sure. You know? And, I mean, the other thing, if you guys don't know culture speaking with Koreans, is that the husbands listen to their wives more so than any other culture. They do? Um, yeah, which is odd because when you look at them, they don't. It's, it seems like they don't do it. They're all, like, manly and, like, oh, I'm not going to listen to you. Um, you know, bitch, go sit down. But there was an anthropologist from America that went to Korea yeah. and studied the Korean culture. And she came up with this anecdote that there was a room um, with all just husbands. And then the, the proctor went up and said, um, to all, all you husbands out there, if you listen to everything your wife says, yeah. go into that other room. Yeah. So all of them got up except one guy. He stayed there. He says, oh, you don't listen to your wife? He goes, no, no I, I do. But my wife said, never go where all the guys go. Oh. So that's how much <laughs> oh, they right. listen, you know, and... It's it's just one of those things. Interesting, because uh, you know, I work in the sex business. And, you know, you have the top and bottom, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, on the face value, you think top dictated, but it's the person on bottom, because a lot of gay people are bottom too. Uh-huh. It, and the reason why bottom control because they always tell you when a guy's trying to put, trying to put in a girl's ass or something, and the, and the girl said no. Really, really, she's the one who's dictating. Yeah. So even though in the Asian culture. Maybe it looks like man is always telling the woman, but maybe it is when they, when they're at home. Maybe women are the one who yeah. kind of dictate what what happens, you know? Because I mean, they're the, I mean, in that show, I read Liz Raymond. Um, if you guys watch the show, or what, uh, I don't know if you do or not, but if you do, you, you know that Ray is always after Deborah to have sex, mm-hmm. and she always turns him down. Yeah. And there's one episode where he says, "You're the one that always says no, and you're the one that always says yes." Yes. I'm never w- the one that says no or yes. Yes. You know, you're the only one, and if you look at that, like. Just that dynamic, the human dynamic of that across the world, it is the woman that always says yeah. yes and always says no. Um, and Except when two guys are going at it with each other. Yeah, you know, <laughs> with that. Or, or if it's the, with the girls that volunteer to be comfort women. That's true. Then they're always saying yes, allegedly. Uh, but yeah, no, the women, you know, definitely, they, they say yes. They have the power. Sure. In, in that sense. And it's like, you know, I, I want a diamond bracelet. No, you can't have it. Okay, well, then you can't have sex. Maybe you can have the diamond bracelet then. You know, I, I think that's... I'm oversimplifying it, but yeah. that's basically what kind of what it... All right, let's do two questions, then uh, we're, we're done. Um, All right. Um, uh, so you... Yeah, this has nothing to do with comedy, but do, do, you, do you think a uh, relationship in Asia will get better among uh, other Asian groups? Oh, only reason I say this because... I don't know you guys been following like if you read like foreign affairs boy those Asian countries yeah. loading up with weapons man because 
even the Filipinos are raising their army because they were fighting over Spotly Islands mm -hmm. where Chinese say it's theirs, the Filipinos say theirs, the Vietnamese yeah, yeah. are saying, and Japanese and Korean are fighting over some island, yeah. Japanese and Russians are fighting on island, and the Japanese and Chinese are fighting on islands. And like, people are saying this, this is similar to like prior to World War One, where all the countries are just loading up on weapons and shit, you know. And uh, I hate to, I hate to see one thing trigger a big fight, but yeah. you know, I, I, I hope um, a calmer mind prevails. But it, right now, it's. It's it's a pretty uh, tense situation in Asia right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it is pretty tense. Um, and as they say, you know, history always repeats itself. And I mean, for me, I, I like peace. Yeah. You know, and it just sucks how, like you said, all these countries are loading up. And if there's war, you know, the Filipinos be taking care of all the injured yeah. soldiers too. <laughs> 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 but but it's scary how much weapons they're buying, man. They're just yeah. like and loading up on, yeah, stocking away. Yeah, it's this just is like a, Mexican standoff. Everybody's pointing gun at everybody, you know. Yeah. And, um, and so I oh, so finding over a fucking islands yeah. and shit. And the yeah. islands aren't even yeah, like anything yeah. fantastic. No, no, they're just like almost because you know, the rock. Uh, the couple islands Japan occupied, they have Japanese known for them, mm -hmm. and the Korean Chinese people have their names for it too. They're fighting over yeah. it. Yeah. But Spotly yeah. Island, they found a lot of fucking oil. That's why the oh. Filipino and Vietnamese, Chinese, or whoever yeah, they it all is, want it. Yeah. They're they're saying it's a huge reservoir of oil. So I that one is the serious one. Oh, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's like one hot chick and then four or five guys. You know, they're gonna fight to the death. Yeah. Though, you know. That's. I just you know, and I'm gonna be selfish right now. If Asia does go to war with each other, I just hope that U.S. backs Korea, because I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna be good at a concentration camp. You know. <laughs> Although, although uh, that comic, I don't know if you, I know you guys know Cruz Kim, he's yeah. a Korean comic, and he, he, he said, like, he wouldn't mind being in a concentration camp, because then we're all equal, and we have, we have equal amount of shot with the hot chicks in the concentration yeah. camp, because we, don't, we all won't have money, yes. yeah. you know, so all, things will all be equal, and as he said, at least we'll have a job in there, we could be comics, like, we have our own corner and entertain people, yeah. so we'd be like, you what know, a funny big, way to get pussy, right, isn't it? <laughs> What's his name again? Cruz Kim. What's the name of the comic booth that he do? Uh, do uh, the com the well, he he has a radio show. All, uh, oh, well. uh, okay. But he yeah, he's a comic. No, but he no, he was the comic booth. He's talking about at, in the concentration camp. Uh -huh. He could set up his own comedy booth. And, I you know, see. Yeah, I yeah. see. And then get chicks that way because we'll all be equal. You know, there's no like after the comedy show, yeah. this guy's driving back in his Porsche, and we're in our little you know Toyota Tercel from 1987. Right. Yeah. Uh, in concentration camp, well, we have zero assets. Well, somebody, somebody, somebody's going to find like a fucking rickshaw or something that, that, that <laughs> the chicks are into. Yeah, you know. Uh, but no, I, I just, I honestly, I, I do hope that there's peace. But if there isn't, I just hope the U.S. backs my country before they back up Philippines. Yeah, you know. I, I hope, I, I hope nothing bad happens. And your comedy yeah. show. Uh, because of my weird background, I kind of avoided the Asian people for a long time because I, I, I just didn't want to get pulled into that shit because when yeah. I was a kid, that neighborhood, Brahmachan, being Japanese was not cool, man. Like, there's Korean, Chinese, and, and Filipinos, and like, and they're always like, if I got hit in the face, it was over something that happened to their uncle or grandfather or whatever. Yeah. You know? And that's, um, you definitely learn history for sure that way when yeah. somebody gets punched. <laughs> um, well, thanks for doing it. And the last thing is, um, where would you like to go with your show, you know, five, ten years down the road? Like, eventually, would you like, like, 
the Slanty Comedy Show, Philipp- Manila, Philippines, Slanty uh, Comedy Show in New York. Yeah, I mean, I, Canada. I'd love, I'd love uh, for, you know, the show to be uh, worldwide. Yeah. You know, um, spreading love, laughter, and also, you know, just the cultural differences that we have. Sure. And how we could just live as a, as a you know, Asian community amongst each other without having to, you know, just like you said, the Asian countries loading up on different weapons. I sure. mean, hey, man, I mean, we're all the same people, you know, let's just all get along and make this work instead of just waiting to see who's going to push the first button sure. and say, hey, let's just nuke that whole yeah. country up, you know, let's just nuke everybody up with laughter and then just enjoy each other's, you know, culture yeah. and each other's company. But if you use the word nuke, I don't think you're going to bring a lot of Japanese Americans here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, Walter, I know you're going to keep doing this, his show, but w- w- I know you're doing a radio show. Let everybody yeah. know about your radio show. I it's on Thursday night. Thursday nights on AM 1540 Radio Korea, which which you can only hear to in LA, in Southern California. But can you listen to it by via internet? Yes, you can listen to it via internet. If you go to the radiokorea.com, radiokorea.com, uh-huh. uh-huh. um, there's a little microphone, okay. uh, the old school microphone on the left corner. However, um, you can also go on amnradio.com, which AM. is AMN Radio, okay. uh, which will have also the link that you can stream live. Mm-hmm. And we're on every Thursday night at 10 p.m. We're also on podcast the next day. Sure. Um, it's the Walter and PK Show. It's a comedy radio show. We do to- people, topics. So people can call in and ask questions? People can call in, yeah. You can call in. Um, you know, we, we do it all. It's, and the, the difference with our podcast as opposed to other uh, podcasts is that we can't curse. Because we're on the radio. Sure. So no sexually explicit material. It's it's all clean. Do you, do you um, have a number that people could call in? Uh, I don't have it on me right now, but I know the first three, which uh, is two and three. That's the area code. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're helpful. Yeah, but if you go to the website, amnradio.com. AM uh, Korea? AMN Radio. Okay. AMNRadio.com and also RadioKorea.com. RadioKorea.com, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, but like our, because our, our, our division of within Radio Korea yeah. is AMN Radio. So that's the site that has all the um, po- all of our podcasts, like sure. our past shows and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I mean, radio's, radio's cool. It's fun. It's something to do, basically, you know. Uh, but if, if it leads to other things, that's great. I think anyone who has a question about Korean and Korean people and K-Town or Asian they American stuff, they should definitely call you guys. Oh, you guys are funny guys. Well, we did, we did a thing in response to your, your buddies David Cho and Anthony Bourdain's uh, Guide to Koreatown Restaurants. Oh, yeah. I was in there for three minutes. You're, yeah. you're, so we, we took, we took uh, umbrage to, yeah. to it because they went to Sizzler. Yeah. And they went to, they went to Jollibee, which is a Filipino fast food <laughs> yeah. restaurant. And, and then they went to a restaurant in Culver City, which, you know, those of you that don't know, it's about like 20 minutes away from Koreatown. Yeah. yeah. So we did a show where we listed our favorite Koreatown yeah. restaurants. Um, and that's a great informative thing, you know, uh, uh, podcast because... We, we, we tell you where it is yeah. and what, what kind of food they serve and sure. what's great. Um, but, yeah, we were really offended that they went to sit. I mean, it's like, it's like hey. But, but, you know, that's David Cho's sense of humor. Like, exactly. saying, fuck you, like, uh, <laughs> place that you least uh, peck. Yeah, and, and then he eats tacos there. Yeah. Which, which is hilarious because in Koreatown, there's so many great places for tacos. Yes. There's so many great places. But he goes... To Sizzler for tacos. Yeah. Which is like, if I ask, like, Guido, hey, show me around Little Italy, what's the best restaurant? And he takes me to Taco Bell. Like, in Little, it's like, come on, dude. Oh, like, I want to take you to an authentic Italian restaurant, take you to Olive Garden. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like that. And so, um, no, we, we, we do, and I haven't tagged uh, Anthony in, in, our, in our podcast and yeah. on twi- Twitter, but he never responded. Yeah. Mean. That was mean. 
but he never responded. But whatever. So what, what's your Twitter account, Walter? My Twitter account is Yellow Shecky. Uh, it's yellow, the color, and then S-H-E-K-I. Or you could just look up Walter Hong. And for those of you, if you're wondering what the hell is a Shecky, um, in, Korean, in Korean language, if, when you call someone's Hecky, it literally translated, it's like a pup or like a you know, little baby, like a little baby animal. So it's like a slang term. And then Wait, I thought I thought it, I thought is a dirty word. Sekia, yeah, it means kind of a bad word. But Son like, of a dog or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, my you mom used to call it, me all the time. Really? Yeah. It's like Seki is Kesekia, like that, I yeah, that, yeah. Seki is a, a a baby dog. Yeah. You know, um, but like you know how black people use the n word, they call yeah. each other the n word. It's like it's the like Korean similar to that, yeah. but obviously nowhere near the pain. Yeah. Because it's not a it's and not a laughter. Bad word. Yeah, nowhere near the pain and laughter <laughs> of it. Kidding. But yeah, so Seki, and then it comes out Seki. Okay. Like people, Koreans just say Sheki sometimes just to like kind of add emphasis. So I thought I'm a yellow person, yeah. yellow Sheki. Because I know a lot of white people don't know what it means. Yeah. Um, but Koreans will know. Uh, but you can look up Walter Hong on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Walter Hong. Uh, it's pretty easy. And then Slana Comedy, we're on Facebook. Yeah. Our is, website. Is, is there a Twitter account, a website for that? Yes, all Slana Comedy. Yeah. It's all okay. Slana Comedy. Um, our website is slanacomedytour.com. So you guys, you know, obviously hit us up. Yeah. Um, and then Mike has his uh, Which Black Mike. Do you have, do you have a, a... Yeah, well, I have a, a personal uh, Black Mike page on uh, Facebook. Uh, the Twitter is actually a slanted, com- uh, slanted underscore comedy. And then, of course, we got Instagram as well to Facebook. And, uh, you know, you could just find us all on there. Sure. Yeah. You can also find Mike on adultfriendfinder.com under Big Black Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me, guys. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I I still think we are still early stage, but you find many talented people performance line at comedy show, and if you're in California, especially, check out the show. Definitely, yeah, we're, and, at, the, um, we're at the Brea Improv first Saturday of every month at the Brea Improv. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So first Saturday every month, uh, you guys, if you're in Orange County, hit us up. Um, we'll definitely, you know, for those of you, um, there's L.A., which is in L.A. County, south yeah. of it, Orange County, and yeah. Irvine Improv and places like that, and you yeah. guys also do shows in. Ontario and Bria, which is more Inland Empire, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, check out those places, man. Come and check out, and all the performers are friendly. Yes. Almost all. Almost all of them. <laughs> Almost all and of them. And then uh, you could talk to them. And uh, and if you're Asian American or Asian that moved here, want to do comedy, come to Slant Comedy Show and talk to Mike or Walter because they're actually very helpful. And if, if you're confused about how to get into business or trying to do yeah, it, definitely. they're very supportive and you should do it. Mike's more supportive than Walter, but uh, yeah. No, <laughs> yes, all performers are competitive. <laughs> but ch- check out their website, come check their show, and if you um, happen to be interested in having Asian Americans perform in your country, whether in Scandinavia or wherever, or tour, contact Mike or Walter and um, they will more than happy to you know make a pretty yes. decent deal and... Uh, you should travel overseas, you know. Definitely, and, uh, yeah. check it out. But guys, thank thanks for doing the show. And you know, I'm I'm serious. There are very few places I could go on a consistent basis and do show. And then you know, yeah. you 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 you've been very open minded. Believe me, if you're if you're having me on your show, <laughs> you have to be pretty fucking open minded. You know, you know what? It's not that we're open minded. It's like, dude, your shit's funny as shit, man. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. It well, problem is to comedians, but not necessarily to all the audience. But I, I, it's fun. I like doing the show, yeah. and um, um, it's almost to do a show within an hour, so we should wrap it up. But Definitely. check out Slime and Comedy Show, Walter Hahn and Black Mike. Yeah, um, thanks for having us, man. Thanks yeah, for doing thank the show. You. And check out Walter's show on Thursday with PK, right? Yes, Walter PK show. Yeah, PK. Um, his dad is religious, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pastor, yeah. Yeah. 
great guy. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening to the show, and uh, see you guys next week. All right.